When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? How's it going? Welcome back. It is time for another episode of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. I am Andrew for America. People, I've been talking about a lot of crazy times. It's crazy times we're living in. I've been talking about uh, critical race theory and identity politics and cancel culture and progressivism and how it is a new form of fascism or uh, Nazism or uh, oligarchic collectivism, (laughs) if you understand that reference, Um, communism, socialism, um, pretty much all wrapped up and rolled uh, into one, communist subversion plan, Yuri Bezmenov was right, everything I've been saying on the show, with every passing day, I just keep stumbling upon example after example after example after example that further illustrates and explains my point. So today I want to start with uh, a couple clips from the Tim Pool show again. Tim Pool has been hitting home run after home run after home run lately. I am addicted. I cannot stop watching his show. If you have not watched the Tim Pool, uh, Tim Cast IRL, I think it's called. Um, you are doing yourself a disservice in the 21st century. You got to start watching his show. Um, important stuff he's covering. And he recently had a woman on who is from North Korea. And she explains her experiences uh, with defecting, leaving. Having the courage to know a possible different life. Because she didn't have any freedom to control her own destiny. And she's going to talk about it. She's going to talk about how, um, you know, she's going to talk about Orwell. And she's going to say, who controls language controls thought. And remember I talked about this in my previous podcast, language shapes reality people if they can control the language and they can control the acceptable thought chomsky's talked about this uh, uh, multiple people have been saying this stuff for a long time and i said in a previous podcast about critical race theory you know they have to teach you the language so that you can understand this is pretty much communist re-education that is happening in this country right now as we speak And I want you to listen 
to the, the logical end. If we let this philosophy, progressivism, CRT, identity politics, cancel culture, etc., 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 the Nietzschean will to power world where there's no morals, no ethics, everything is based upon power. Who got who has it, who wields it? And we're gonna talk about power today. We're gonna talk about hierarchical societies a little bit. We're gonna talk about fascist societies today. We're gonna dive deep. Go grab a beverage, people, strap on your seatbelts. Andrew for America is in a mood. And I'm about to hit you upside the head with some more colorful content. Here we go. So listen to this first clip. This is by the this is from the Tim Pool show. Uh, it's a North Korean woman who defected. She ended up being sold into sex slavery, I believe. She ended up in China. And the Chinese pretty much were like, well, you can do this or you can go back home. <laughs> what are you going to do? Well, if you went back home, I was going to starve to death. So mm, what choice do I have? She's going to tell you all about it. So here we go. Um, I don't know her name. I didn't see it, but I don't, I'm not really concerned with who's involved with my message today. I'm concerned with my message. So pay very close attention. She's going to talk about the danger of losing your language. And the dangers of using language in in specific ways. What's acceptable opinion? What's the acceptable amount of thought? And she's going to hit on something that is just so, it resonates with me. And this is my major theme when I talk about all this stuff, people. She's going to say that in North Korea, in communist regimes, there is no concept for compassion. There is no concept of human rights, no concept of liberty, and most importantly, people, no concept of love, no capacity for love. Bill Hicks says, you got a choice right now between fear and love. You want to take the road unknown or do you want to take the road you know? All this stuff, people, I'm trying to paint you a picture. Good, evil, right, wrong, left, right, everything binary, yin, yang. The duality of man, people. There's good and bad in us all. Positives and negatives to everything. We are fallible creatures. The only way you learn and grow is to make mistakes and get up. After you fall down. Never stop. These are the principles. Of freedom. Of self-government. That I want you people to start thinking about. Here we go. Take a listen to this. So this is the thing. Like in North Korea there is no concept for compassion. We have no concept for human rights. Liberty. Love. You know all these things. It's like why Georgia where talks about. Who controls the language controlling your thoughts right yeah. double speak they write a new language for you so therefore you don't you're not capable of understanding this concept that we know here so now you leave north korea you find yourself in china but you've been sold to traffickers yeah so now you have another problem yeah <laughs> i know and this i mean it it it, it sounds like that's uh, this is it's, it's hard to quantify but it mm -hmm. sounds worse 
No, hunger is the worst thing. Any, I mean, if you don't eat, you die. Yeah. Mm. So, in China, I remember like they told us they don't even bother to force us, right? Like, oh, if you don't want to be sold, you can go back to North Korea. In <laughs> which would mean death. Yeah, which means you're gonna even if you don't get caught, you're gonna die from starvation anyway. People, there's nothing worse than hunger. You you got to eat to live. Either you want to be a sex slave or do you want to go back to your home country and starve to death? These are the options that people from non-American countries have to deal with. And you people want to bash America about our racist history. Yeah, it was terrible. I've been over it a million times. But if you cannot take into consideration the principles, the the if you can't, you know, have an appreciation for the fact that our ancestors, our predecessors, the people that came before us, we already went through civil rights. We've already been through this. We already got to the 80s and the 90s, the highlight, the top, the decadence of the American empire, people. That I've told you and Sam Winchester's told you people before is was the apex, that was the top. And from the turn of the millennium, we've been on a slow downward spiral. And now we're almost going from civilization and we're degenerating back into being hunter-gatherers. And who knows? Maybe that's the right thing to do. Maybe that's the most pure way for humans to live. Maybe that's what real freedom is. And what if society has progressed to the point now, people, to where you can't go back to that? If you're if you're a small business or 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 you live somewhere in the world that isn't dominated by some other foreign government, it's only a matter of time. People don't realize if America falls and we degenerate into a Nietzschean will to power world where morals don't matter, fairness, ethics, none of that shit matters. You progressive left social justice warriors out there. Do you understand what is going to happen to you if you continue to believe in this bullshit nonsense that you are proclaiming and screaming? Oh my God, I'm offended. Oh God. (laughs) It's unbelievable. You know, and this woman's going to go on. I'm about to play a clip again. She's going to say, you know, living through that, you know, she said it was painful to be free. Freedom requires responsibility. It requires knowledge. It requires your, the development of yourself to a level to where you can write your own ticket. You don't need to be protected and fed and cared for, nurtured at the nipple of government. And that's the conversation you need to start having with yourself. Are you the type of coward human being that wants to just, wants the easy way out? I don't want to push myself. I don't want to challenge myself. I don't, I don't want to exceed and find success. I just want to survive. I just want to get by. And if I can stay away from confrontation, if I can... Stay in my lane, not rock the boat, do what I'm supposed to do, do what the government tells me, you know, maybe deny my own thoughts and feelings and ideas. 
because I'm too scared to feel them. I'm too afraid to express my feelings. I'm willing to cancel myself and my own thoughts so that I don't have to participate. I want to unplug from reality. Just plug me into the matrix right now. Remember the guy in the matrix that was like, you know, I don't like the fact that I live in the real world. Just plug me back in. I'll make a deal with the devil. I'll sell out all my friends who took me in and took care of me and gave me a new life. But you know what? I don't like that life and I don't have that much appreciation or gratitude for those people who saved my life. So you know what? Hey, let's go get the Merovingian. Let's have a conversation. Hey, you know, I want to be an important, you know, uh, what does he say? Like a politician or a doctor or something. I want to taste steak again. I want to drink wine. I want to be rich. That's human nature, people. I talk about human nature so much and people just don't, they're unwilling to admit that this is the fact of being a human being. There is good and evil in all of us. So why would you put your faith in a group of people with total control, monopoly control, power, force, soon the economy, slowly taking your ability to, to succeed or exceed in this world away from you? Making you focus on this new bullshit, teaching you this new language, teaching you how to hate, teaching you how to not have compassion for your fellow man, teaching you how to not believe in human rights, teaching you how to censor speech you like and, or I'm sorry, speech that you don't like, taking people's liberty away from them, not paying attention to the Constitution. Oh boy, I'm about to I'm about to unload today, people. Here we go. Moving on. Let's listen to this woman tell you about people. It's painful to be free. Being free is not easy. You have to be able to think for yourself. And if you live in a society where all the thinking is done for you and you can't think for yourself because if if you think too much and the ruling class sees you thinking too much and trying too hard to make a difference or have an opinion you're fucked people death is the result if you don't have an understanding of that and you're one of these people screaming cancel culture identity politics progressive movement the new communism the new communist fascism oligarchic collectivism from 1984 orwell Here we go. Like nobody asks you what do you think in North Korea, right? So they tell you your favorite color is red because of revolutionary color. Mm. Your favorite country is North Korea because your favorite <laughs> food is this, right? So now in South Korea they say, oh, if you don't know, just tell us your favorite color. It's like, what the heck yeah. is that? <laughs> do I supposed to know what's my favorite color? So thinking for yourself was something not trained. It was hurting my brain. It was so painful. I literally saying. Being free is not easy. Like, if I was guaranteed that I'm going to have frozen, like, enough potato, if I go back to North Korea, I would go back. Wow. Wow, yeah. really? It was hard. So, like, if, if, they, if you if you could have survived, you would have chosen to go back? Yeah. Like, with the, food? For sure, in the beginning, yeah. 
in several years time I would have gone back it was very painful to be free but you 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 learned you figured it out you adapted yeah I yeah, adapted I I learned like what freedom was I learned what freedom was because I had no concept of it she said it was difficult to think she didn't know how to answer a simple question like what's your favorite color when she was in South Korea before they sold her into sex slavery and she ended up in China and she said China you know they're <laughs> they didn't even care they didn't try to force anything on you because they knew it was either you're doing this or you're going back to where you came from and you're clearly going to starve or die. And that's the power of freedom, people. And what did she say? She said, you know, it wasn't easy. Like, it, it was difficult for her to think for herself, she said. She said it hurt her brain. She said that if she, if she would have been, if she would have known that she was guaranteed food, if she knew that she would have potatoes to live on, and that's it. She would have went back to North Carolina, uh, North, North Carolina, North Korea. <laughs> no disrespect to North Carolina. Sorry. <laughs> oh boy. Talk about a Freudian slip. Holy shit. But you know, the, the you Americans that believe this social justice warrior, progressive CRT bullshit, you are the useful idiots that Yuri Bezmenov told us about you don't even realize that if you help them accomplish this goal you're the first to die because <laughs> you know too much <laughs> and you people don't even realize it look at history you better start learning the constitution you better start learning the bill of rights you better start understanding the importance and the necessity of getting back to the principles that founded this country, getting back to basics, getting over the fact that yes, racism exists, slavery happened. But if we're not, if we're going to move forward and we're going to remember what America was is supposed to be about, yeah, maybe not everybody, maybe none of us have really ever realized the goal, right? Maybe it's all rhetoric, bullshit. Maybe. But when you logically think about this stuff, people, and break it down, you, you always, the inescapable truth is that you always end up at the same place. The people that wrote the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, the ideas, the founding principles have been passed down through generations, continue to be passed, passed down through the generations to this day. If you cannot see that there is a concerted effort to subvert the culture of the United States of America in hopes of moving it and the rest of the world closer to an oligarchy, an oligarchic collectivism, like uh, 1984 Orwell talks about, you know, Emmanuel Goldstein's theory of oligarchic collectivism. It's happening. And I'm going to read you some excerpts proving it here in a minute from 1984. I'm going to show you guys how Orwell is a prophet, was a prophet. And here, here's a gentleman uh, who was on a school board and is no longer on the school board. 
but he decided to come back and talk to his school board about critical race theory and about censoring free speech and about realizing that your decision-making is contrary and illegal when uh, uh, according to constitutional law. <laughs> people are waking up, people. I'm on this guy's team. I love it. Here you go. Check out this guy. If you don't like living in the United States of America, then you can all move to Russia, Cuba, or China. So you've probably been seeing a lot of clips of brave parents starting to stand up against critical race theory at school board meetings across the nation. But this one might just be the best one. Check it out. Simon Campbell, 1571 Brookfield Road, Lower Makefield Township. I'm a Pensbury School District resident, Pensbury School District taxpayer. I'm also a former member of the Governing Board of Directors, 2009 to 2013. It's nice to see the old faces. I'm here to speak today. I believe, Gary, you said it was item KKK in the agenda book. Well, isn't that just a perfect, perfect summation of what it is I'm here to talk about? KKK, your proposed new school board policy seeking once again to limit the constitutionally protected speech of American citizens. Now, when I sat on this school board, I believe some of you old-timers might remember this, a union guy spoke at public comment for five minutes and ripped me a new one. He called me the bastard child of Margaret Thatcher. And I sat there and I said to myself, okay, fair enough, welcome to America. He considers me a bastard because I'm in the government. His logic is sound. Now. What happened was the superintendent and the school solicitor at the time freaked out and they didn't put the tape online the next day. And I called them up and I said, get the tape online now before we get sued for censorship. I yelled at the solicitor to, and I asked him what law school he went to because it was clearly constitutionally protected rhetorical hyperbole. I can cite the case if you'd like. And I said to Paul along the superintendent at the time, don't ever cut the tape again, Paul. And by the way, bastard child of Margaret Thatcher, I took it as a compliment. Now, you snowflakes apparently have a bigger problem with public comment. It seems to me that you think you can supersede the United States Constitution. Well, I've got news for you, school board president Benito Mussolini. Your power does not supersede that of the US Constitution and the First Amendment rights of the citizens of this great nation. Let's be very, very clear who has the power. Mr. It is Campbell, not government policy. You, do not you, warn me or do not interrupt this my time. That if, if you, you interrupt my time, personal insults do not like that again, my or time. if you personally direct your comments, you will Let be asked be to clear. step away from I'm, the podium. I'm going to I am quote asked to you, you to make your comments, I'm but do not just do name do not calling talk like over you me. just did. This is my comment, not your comment. I'm quoting to you now from the United States Supreme Court 1964 case, New York Times versus Sullivan. This is constitutional case law in this country, and I'm quoting you from the U.S. Supreme Court. The, just, the judges wrote that this nation is founded on the, quote, profound national commitment to the principle that debate on public issues shall be uninhibited, robust, and wide open, and that it may well include vehement, 
caustic and sometimes unpleasantly sharp attacks on government and public officials. That's constitutional case law in this nation. I don't have to be nice to you. Nobody behind me has to be nice to you. If you don't like living in the United States of America, then you can all move to Russia, Cuba or China. This is the First Amendment. And I will, I will, caution, you, I will caution you, solicitor. There is a video camera to my left. If you edit this tape, then you're going to have a big legal problem on your hands because my right to critique your fascism, which is what this is, is constitutionally protected. There are emails, public record emails, in which the director of equity is lobbying and advocating for public comment to be censored in this school district. And you know what? You know what? Lobbying for it, advocating for it. We've got the school board president saying she'll do better at hitting the moot button in blatant violation of the Constitution for her lobbying and her advocacy of unconstitutional censorship. I want you, the school board, to terminate the employment of Dr. Charissa Gibson with immediate effect. terminated her employment, I want all of you to tender your resignations for hating on this country. We have a God-given constitutional right to critique you, and we can speak in any lawful tone that we see fit. And don't go looking around, Benito, because this is the United States of America. You have a good... Uh, one more thing. I want to make a verbal request right now for an unedited copy of the tape. So if any of you delete it, you're going to have a big legal problem. Good night. My fellow Americans, I know I get redundant, but I'm going to say it again. Isn't it fascinating that people from other countries who know the real struggles, they know struggle on a level some of you Americans never will and never have. That's how good it is to live in the United States of America. Don't you find it fascinating that the people that fight harder for our Constitution and are more courageous and have the balls to speak out and speak truth to power just so happen to be people that were not born in this country, people that were born somewhere else and for whatever reason ended up here and then realized that we're the best ticket in town, people. Ronald Reagan told you, thousands of people, everyone's been telling you, if America falls, people, there's no place else to go. Remember in Reagan's speech where he talked about his Cuban friend? He was like, wow, uh, you know, we sure are lucky. You know, we sure are lucky. And, and the Cuban guy goes, you know, you're the one that's lucky. What? He's like, no, I'm the one who's lucky because I had someplace to escape to. And what did Reagan say? He said in that sentence, he told us the entire story. It's not about Republicans and Democrats anymore, people. It's not about who's right and who's wrong. It's not about race, color, creed, sexual orientation, etc., it's about how much Leviathan, big government, crony capitalism, big business, 
military-industrial complex, big club, United Nations control. Are you going to accept, allow into your life? Is it too late? Even if every American citizen right now woke up at the same time and felt the way that I feel and clearly feel the way that some other people feel as well and said to ourselves, you know what? We're not taking this anymore. We want to be a sovereign state. We want to keep our national auto-determination. Would we be able to do it? Or would Biden unload his cannons and nuclear weapons on his own people? <laughs> the tree of freedom is, uh, is uh, watered with the blood of patriots. Isn't that what he said in his speech? Quoting the guy from Deja Vu, <laughs> the movie Deja Vu, Denzel Washington. You know, he blows up the ship. He says to Denzel, oh, you know, the tree of uh, liberty is uh, watered with the blood of patriots. Yeah, there might be some truth to that to an extent. But when's the last time you heard an American president say, hey, if any of you white supremacists out there are going to storm the Capitol again, uh, you know, it doesn't matter what kind of weapons you have because you're going to need cannons and nuclear weapons. You're fucking kidding me. In the same breath, you're trying to take people's guns away, more background checks, get rid of AR-15s, people. The plan is almost complete. Communist subversion is almost here. Very soon, this is going to be the USSA, the United Socialist States of America. Get ready to add that S, people. Get ready. It's coming. And you know, even though it's coming, I get it. I said in a previous podcast, you know, what are the two most universal human characteristics? Fear and laziness. People want ease. People like their apathy. They like their ability to disassociate from reality. Plug them into the matrix, give them virtual reality, give them bread and circuses, right? Just give them all these their little gadgets, their little gizmos. Distract them with entertainments so that we can go on running the world and running off to the bank with all of your hard-earned money that we take from your labor through taxation and inflation. People, corporate wage slavery is already here. Maybe this is end-stage capitalism. Maybe we're going to have to go over all of our own devout ideas and beliefs about this world. If we're going to make any progress, it has to start inside first. And it ain't going to be easy. Freedom isn't easy. This North Korean woman just said that freedom was painful. But not until you've lost everything, people, are you free to do anything. So what do you want to be? Who do you want to be? What kind of world do you want to live in? 
Have you worked towards developing a sound, irrefutable worldview? Based on facts, evidence, empirical evidence, research, studies, peer-reviewed, agreed-upon truths, objective reality, people. Is it in our nature to destroy ourselves? I mean, we're not immortal yet, right? Not only are we fallible, but we are mortal. We're all gonna die sooner or later. And <laughs> you know, it reminds me of that Dalai Lama quote. It's like, you know, you trade all your work to to you know, you 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 destroy your body working for money and then you spend all your money recuperating your health and then you walk through life living as this, as if you're never going to die. And then you die having never really lived. You know, I want to play a clip uh, by Nick Freitas, again, from the Y Minutes. I recommended him. He's a right-leaning guy, military veteran. Very astute, intelligent guy. And I want you to listen to what he says here. People, we got to start thinking. We got to start talking. We got to start working together. We got to stop letting other people control our lives, telling us what to think, telling us what to believe. You got to find the courage to talk to your neighbor. So here, just take a listen to this clip and, you know, feel however you want to feel about it. Just, you know, please consider, please consider what this man is saying. If you're curious about the upcoming summer fads, let me recommend this one to you. Getting offended because it is all the rage these days. The best part is it's easy and requires very little, if any, thought. Assuming the wrong gender, using the wrong pronouns, committing a microaggression asking a question about microaggressions. There is literally nothing beyond the scope of offense and the inevitable punishment that is sure to follow. Believe it or not, jail right away. I remember a particularly heated debate within the Virginia General Assembly where I caused some offense. After listening to colleagues say that if we didn't vote for their gun control bill, we were on the side of terrorists or being compared to segregationists, I thought this was a little much, so I proceeded to do what I was taught to when I believed something to be incorrect or wrong. I provided an argument. So for the next seven minutes, I did just that, to include pointing out why I thought being compared to segregationists was intellectually dishonest and a wee bit disingenuous. I just want to remind everyone, someone very quickly, it was not our party that supported slavery, that fought women's suffrage, that rounded up tens of thousands of Asian Americans and put them in concentration camps, that supported Jim Crow, that supported segregation, or supported mass resistance. That speech now going viral, topping 10.5 million views. Joining us right now is Virginia delegate and Army Special Forces veteran Nick Freitas. If we want to have an open and honest debate, I am all for that. Let's do that. But it does start with a certain degree of mutual respect. Needless to say, people got offended. In fact, 
Delegates actually left the floor in tears. An entire caucus requested a 15-minute recess so members could gather their composure. And when they returned, they made it very clear how offended they were. I have been offended as I can never recall since being a part of this body. And I have seen many of my colleagues emotionally shaken and, and bothered. More and more offenses used as a weapon in which to turn away debate. What sort of offense do you think someone like me with two combat tours who has lost friends to terrorists thought about something like that? Almost immediately, the press asked me if I would apologize. And when I asked them why I should, they said, well, given that they were so offended. You see, it was explained to me that because the offense was genuine, that apparently made it justified. Having said all this, let me introduce you to the real hero of this story. It was one of my colleagues who was genuinely offended by what I said. But unlike the others, he did something truly remarkable. He met with me and he asked me to explain what I meant and why I said what I did. He politely listened and then he shared his perspective. We didn't leave the conversation in agreement about the issue, but both of us were better informed about the other's perspective. He wasn't willing to allow offense to be a substitute for an argument, nor an excuse to not meet with someone that he disagreed with. And as a result, we were both better off for the exchange. Because offense, just like any other emotional reaction, is not bad in and of itself. Ultimately, it's an invitation to thought. And when we accept that invitation as a challenge to learn and understand, as opposed to getting angry and walking away, we are much better for it. I'm Nick Freitas. Thank you for joining us on The Why Minutes, where every week we tackle a new issue, Ask the Why, in order to get to the bottom of the ideas, philosophies, and principles which shape our world. Please join us at thewhyminutes.com. So there you go. That was Nick Freitas with uh, The Why Minutes. I highly recommend you listen to him. Um, heroes. These people are heroes to me. These people are punk rock to me the people with not only the courage but the knowledge not only the ability but the desire and the curiosity people that exercise their reason people that make decisions with the best intentions of the whole in mind because like Bill Hicks says we're all one, right? We're all one consciousness. You believe that? Maybe you don't. But, you know, like he said, like Bill Hicks says, you know, how, how are we going to keep building nuclear weapons when we realize we're all one? We're all the same. We're all different, obviously, but we're all the same. We're all human beings, people. We have to develop our capacity to love. You gotta love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. These are the basic, you know, parables of your organized religions, people that you hate so much and you think is just, you know, the devil, I guess. I don't understand. I don't understand how people can't. It upsets me how fragile the human mind is. How susceptible to control and domination. You know, Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs>
people who love their servitude, but will rather enjoy it because they'll have been lulled to sleep by media and propaganda and propaganda enhanced by pharmacological methods. And this seems to be the final revolution. Huxley, brave new world. It all connects. Oh, I hope we figure this stuff out, people. I really do. For you, for me, for all of us. What are we doing? People, it's time. Uh, if you haven't read 1984 yet, allow me to enlighten you. This is page 184, where we get to the story uh, of the theory and practice of oligarchical collectivism by Emmanuel Goldstein. I'm just going to paraphrase my way through this, okay? But you tell me, after listening to these excerpts that I'm about to run by you people, if you can't see parallels to be drawn between this world of Winston, Oceana, and the real world, the real world we are all living in here and now in the year 2021. Throughout recorded time, and probably since the end of the Neolithic Age, there have been three kinds of people in the world, the high, the middle, and the low. They have been subdivided in many ways. They have borne countless different names, and their relative numbers, as well as their attitude toward one another, have varied from age to age. But the essential structure of society has never altered. Even after enormous upheavals and seemingly irrevocable changes, the same pattern has always reasserted itself, just as a gyroscope will always return to equilibrium, however far it is pushed one way or the other. The aims of these three groups are entirely irreconcilable. He goes on. In the centers of civilization, war means no more than a continuous shortage of consumption goods and the occasional crash of a rocket bomb, which may cause a few scores of deaths. War has, in fact, changed its character. More exactly, the reasons for which war is waged have changed in their order of importance, motives which were already present to some extent in the Great War of the early 20th century have now become dominant and are consciously recognized and acted upon. Okay. The purposes of war and the object of waging a war is always to be in a better position in which to wage another war. Military strategy, you might say. By their labor, the slave populations allow the uh, the tempo of continuous warfare to be speeded up. But if they did not exist, the structure of world society and the process by which it maintains itself would not be essentially different. 
The primary aim of modern warfare is to use up the products of the machine without raising the general standard of living. It was, all, it was also clear that an all-around increase in wealth threatened the destruction of the world indeed. In some sense, was the destruction of a hierarchical, a hierarchical society. In a world in which everyone worked short hours, had enough to eat, lived in a house with a bathroom and a refrigerator, and possessed a motor car or even an airplane, the most obvious and perhaps the most important form of inequality would already have disappeared. Listen up. If it once became general, Wealth would confer no distinction. That means if we were all on a level playing field and made the same amount of money. It was possible, no doubt, to imagine a society in which wealth, in the sense of personal possessions and luxuries, should have evenly should be evenly distributed, while power remained in the hands of a small privileged caste. But in practice, such a society could not long remain stable, for if leisure and security were enjoyed by all alike, the great mass of human beings who are normally stupefied by poverty would become literate and would learn to think for themselves. And when once they had done this, they would sooner or later realize that the privileged minority had no function and they would sweep it away. In the long run, a hierarchical society was only possible on a basis of poverty and ignorance. The problem was how to keep the wheels of industry turning without increasing the real wealth of the world. Goods must be produced, but they need not be distributed. That's how capitalism is self-destructive. We've talked about that before. And in practice, the only way of achieving this was by continuous warfare. I would make the argument that the United States of America has been in a state of continuous warfare since World War II, and probably even before. You can make the argument. The, the essential act of war is destruction, not necessarily of human lives, but of the products of human labor. War is a way of shattering to pieces or pouring into the stratosphere or sinking in the depths of the sea materials which might otherwise be used to make the masses too comfortable and hence, in the long run, too intelligent. Even when weapons of war are not actually destroyed, their manufacture is still a convenient way of expending labor power without producing anything that can be consumed. It is deliberate policy to keep even the favored groups somewhere near the brink of hardship. Because a general state of scarcity increases the importance of small privileges and thus magnifies the distinction between one group and another.
The war is always used as the scapegoat for them to roll out their policy, people. And sometimes the policy that they roll out is intended to keep the poor, unprivileged classes where they are and keep the position of the rich, privileged, elite classes where they are. We call that the status quo. So that's one part. That's pretty much the war is peace part. You've you've all famously heard ignorance is well I'm sorry, war is peace, freedom is slavery, and ignorance is strength. I don't think I have those in the right order, but whatever. The masses never revolt of their own accord, and they never revolt merely because they are oppressed. Indeed, so long as they are not permitted to have standards of comparison, they have never become aware that they are, in fact, oppressed. And that's what this woman from North Korea was talking about. They tell you what to think. Your favorite color is red. Because that's the color of the party. The party is always right. All the beliefs, habits, tastes, emotions, mental attitudes that characterize our time are really designed to sustain the mystique of the party and prevent the true nature of present day society from being perceived. Physical rebellion or any preliminary move toward rebellion is at present not possible. From the proletarians, nothing is to be feared. Left to themselves, they will continue from generation to generation and from century to century, working, breeding, and dying, not only without any impulse to rebel, but without the power of grasping the world that the world could be other than the way it is. <sighs> People, I could read 1984 to you all day long. But I'm going to stop there. Continuous war. Keep the people ignorant. And the party and the country will remain strong, right? Up is down, left is right, two plus two is five. Freedom is slavery, right? Why be free when you could be protected in our socialist, collectivist, utopian world where we'll provide you with everything you could ever need? But we can also take away everything that you need. There's a quote out there somewhere, I forget who says it, who said it. A government big enough to take away, I'm sorry, a, a government big enough to give you everything you have is a government big enough to take away everything you need. Do you want to be self-sufficient or do you want to be an obedient worker? Do you want to be an entrepreneur and live out 
your wildest American dream? Or do you want to flush it all down the toilet and say to ourselves that a little intellectual elite in a faraway tower can run our lives for us better than we can run it ourselves? Are we going to forget the goals and ideals of the American Revolution? I would make the argument, people, that there is no longer such a thing as a left or a right. There is only an up or down. Down to the ant heap of totalitarianism or up to a world full of people who are pursuing their own separate interests, who aren't hurting and killing each other, and who aren't stealing from others. I don't know how we get to that socialist utopia. I don't think you can even have a utopia with socialism, but I guess it's kind of inescapable. You know, a lot of cognitive dissonance going on, I'm sure, with this podcast today, people. I know. I'm, so this stuff makes my own head spin. Just when I think I have it all put together, I think up another aspect of it from another angle, and I'm just like, man, this is the dilemma of the human condition, people. Sometimes you're going to be good. Sometimes you're going to be evil. What wolf are you going to feed? The one you feed is the one that lives. And the one you starve is the one that dies. And that's just the way the world works, people. And if you don't... If you haven't listened to this podcast today and said to yourself, Boy, yeah, racism exists. Uh, sexism exists. Uh, some people have privilege. Some people don't have the same opportunities. Some people have been discriminated against. Some people some people have had their constitutional rights taken away from them against their will. Some people have been murdered, lynched. I know. I know. But what kind of world do you want to live in, people? You want to live in a world like the United States of America right now? Or do you want to live in a world where you... You know, you have to make rafts out of plastic and wood and whatever you can find so that you can sail and risk your life having the courage to get across a body of water with the odds stacked against you so that you could land in the United States of America, the last pioneer, the, the last frontier of hope, of freedom. Of the ability to write your own ticket in this life and in this world. You want to fight for pragmatism and centrist beliefs? You want to come to the middle? You want to meet in the middle, my friendly or not so friendly lefties and righties? You want to be a centrist independent and figure the shit out together? Or do you want to just, you know, open up the box of psychedelics and watch the end of the world? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not telling you what to think. I'm not telling you how to feel. I don't want to tell you how to feel. I just want to put these ideas in your head, people. You gotta develop a worldview that includes the entire world and not just the United States. <laughs> If you can't 
listen to the fact that the people that came here from other countries and are here watching everything that's going on with the, the new left and the progressive movement and are the ones on the front lines fighting this communist subversion. If you can't see that occurring and say to yourself, wow, I was born here and I'm not even near, I haven't done nearly enough of what these people have done and are willing to do and had the balls and the courage to do. Pretty pathetic, don't you think? Where's the gratitude? Where's the understanding of what you have been given? Just by the, just by being lucky enough to be born here. And you're going to grow up and let the propagandists and the big club and the rich wealthy assholes who don't give a fuck about you tell you how you're supposed to think and feel through their media, making you forget about the ideals and the founding principles that helped found this nation. Yes, I understand Racism and slavery exist. It's a problem. We gotta do our best to address it. I don't think you're ever gonna make people, the entire world, not racist. I don't think it's possible. I think that's a, it's a, you know, unrealistic pipe dream if you really are one of these people that think that. But, you know, if you don't stand for nothing, people, you're gonna fall for everything. You're gonna fall for anything. Let's move on. Let's move on. People, taking offense cannot be a substitute for an argument. Not when, think about the scale and the proportion. Like, you're offended. Oh my God, I'm offended that you said this thing, this mean thing that hurt me. Meanwhile, this other person standing next to you, uh, you know, escaped from North Korea, was sold into sex slavery, didn't know how to act in a world where everything wasn't, uh, every decision wasn't made for her. She wasn't forced to do everything. No dignity, no freedom, no, you know, ability to realize your own destiny. Prostitution, threats of death and starvation every day. Is that how it is here in the United States? And I know you can make the argument, well, it's not that way in China now. It's not that way in Russia now. Well, (laughs) you sure? (laughs) Depends on, you know, whether or not you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing. You people got to wake up to the realities of this world. If you compare the United States to the rest of the world, there are very few countries that can compare on, and and you know, I know, I know America has its problems. We've had, we've had our problems for a long time and those problems are only getting worse. And the only reason why they're getting worse is because the majority of you are naive, gullible, lazy, stupid, apathetic, poor excuses for a fucking human being. And it makes me sick. And I really do hope that you find the courage, the curiosity, the ability, the habits, the determination, the persistence, the development of your ability to be uncomfortable and still keep going. 
Do you want to write your own ticket? You want to keep this thing that we call America, this amazing existence that our ancestors built for us? You want to keep it going? Or do you want to, you know, do you want to accept the invitation to thought? JFK once said, all too often we enjoy the comfort of opinion without the discomfort of thought. Thought is not comfortable. And that's why so many of you allow others to think for you. You let your pastor think for you. You let your parents think for you. You you let your boss think for you. You let um, your government think for you. You let your school even sometimes think for you. If that doesn't sound crazy. (laughs) At what point are you going to say, it's my responsibility to do something about this? You know, we better find a way to organize and get it together. We better find a way to infiltrate the systems of control and the power structures and the gatekeepers. I don't know how we do it. And I'm not saying let's go get violent. I like the non-aggression principle. I don't know if it's realistic, but I like it. I like it. We should be able to persuade rational minds with our words and not our fists. You can't, you know, it's not persuasion if you're you're using violence, people. You got to be willing to get slapped in the face and not retaliate. You gotta be stronger, more aware, more courageous, more educated, more interested, more open minded. Or else we're fucked, people. It's over. It has become unsustainable. You know, I can't believe... Sometimes this shit makes me think of Charlie Manson. Can you guys... It, it Doesn't it make any of you just like crazy to think that crazy-ass Charlie Manson was right? He used to say back in the what, 60s and 70s? 60s? Probably the 60s. That the CIA was trying to create a race war between whites and blacks? (laughs) Who would have thought that at the end of his lifetime, that's exactly what would have happened? (laughs) Helter Skelter, man. (laughs) I mean, come on. Oh my God, people. I'm going to take a sip of my beer. I'm going to turn up the optimism and the fun. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. I'm just trying to be the inner monologue for a lot of you. I know a lot of you people listening to my voice. I know we're like-minded. And I know we are the minority, boy. We are the few. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. If you find being... A thoughtful, pragmatic, interested person is the way to live, then hey, we are in agreement. 
Oh boy, you guys want to move on, play some punk rock? Let's listen to some punk rock. It's time. And before I get to the punk rock people, let's just remember, you know, 1984, they talk about, you know, preparation for hate week. Remember? Big Brother is watching you. I read the in, the the intro, couple paragraphs there to 1984 in a previous podcast. That That's what this critical race theory is teaching people. We're, we're going to have hate week. Hey, guys, it's hate week. I'm so excited. It's going to be like the purge, right? Oh, for this week, we've all decided we can be the biggest piece of shit human beings uh, ever. And it's totally cool. We just don't have to be moral or, you know, live with ourselves. Be able to sleep at night. No capacity for love. Completely domi- dominated. Propagandized. Controlled. Lulled to sleep. Take your somas. And just go back to bed, America. Go back to sleep, America. Your government is in control. This has been episode 47 of the Politics and Punk Rock Podcast. Entitled, A Worldly Perspective. I hope we're learning. I hope we're getting this stuff in our heads. If you like the podcast, please share the podcast. Send me an email at andrewforamerica1984 at gmail.com. Check out the website, politicsandpunkrockpodcast.com. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Good night. We will see you next time.